0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's guest is Gary, the Everyday Dad, uh, as he's known on YouTube and Twitter. We've had Gary on before, um, but a lot has changed since we've had him on last. He's now at over 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's switched cameras a couple of times, and he's now finally landed in the Canon camp. Uh, We talk about his YouTube strategy, his thumbnail strategy, as well as some fun TikTok stuff that he's experimenting with and having great success with. Um, But before we get to our show, I just want to say a big thank you to anyone who's been listening for a while now or any new followers of the show. Just thank you. Thank you so much. I've been doing the YouTube channel for about a year now where I post my video interviews with the guests and they get views sometimes off and on. But really, the majority of our listeners are here uh, in the audio-only format. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the show every single week. Um, I know a lot of you, in fact, I think like 80% of the listeners are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Second would be Overcast. And third is actually Spotify, which is surprising. Um, that means we got a lot of Apple users out there. If you're an Apple podcast user, would you please right now go leave a rating and review of this podcast? Um, you can leave as many stars as you like. Uh, they have like a one to five star rating. And then you can just click a little button and it says write a review. It doesn't have to be crazy. Um, I've got a great review here from CU Buff Skier. This is hands down the most informative podcast out there to get behind the scenes access to some of the biggest YouTubers. I've learned so much and thankful this resource exists. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. See you, buff skier. (laughs) So um, I'm going to start reading uh, reviews. You guys can leave little messages for me in the reviews if you'd like. This is just a way that we can have uh, a little bit more discoverability in the Apple podcast app. If you listen to the audio, please uh, do us a favor. Go leave a rating and review right now. That'd be the biggest Christmas gift you could ever give to me. All right, without any further ado, let's listen in to my conversation now with Gary, the Everyday Dad, and thank you, everybody who listens to this show. Today, we are here with my good friend, Gary, the Everyday Dad. After a long technical battle, uh, we have arrived as two tech nerds uh, struggling to figure out Zoom.
1: Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. No, I, I assume that as people that really enjoy cameras and audio stuff and all that, uh, that we would be the ones that would have the most problems getting it to work um, <laughs> when we need it to work.
0: It's always something. It's like this thing doesn't connect to that or you're maybe, try- you know, we were trying to get you your garage band to record while using Zoom at the same time and the AirPods. And anyways, we always resort to a wire. That always solves some yep. problem. when you When you plug it in with a wire instead of the wireless AirPods, we're ready to go. Well, Gary, a lot has changed since last time we talked. Um, I believe when we talked last, it was like right when COVID hit, I believe.
1: Yeah, I if think remembering so. remembering correctly. Early 2020? Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, I think it was kind of like, what's going on? Maybe this will be over in like a week or two. <laughs> you right, know? and
1: then two years later.
0: But um, your channel especially has changed dramatically over the last year and a half. Um And then as long as I've known you, uh, it's gone through like two or three facelifts, it seemed. Um, How has the last year for you been uh, outside of, of course, the um, climate of, you know, COVID and all that? Like, how's the YouTube life been for you?
1: Oh, YouTube's, I mean, it's been crazy. I mean, whenever you started, or at least when I started YouTube, you know, there was no assumption that anything would ever happen. It was just Hey, uh, there's these things I'm interested in. I'm going to make some videos about it. I think I can do it better than some of these other videos I've seen. Um, So there's, there's never an expectation of maybe where you're going to end up. So I am continuously shocked uh, at where the (laughs) the YouTube channel has gotten um, over the past, you know, since we started, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we have seen a lot more traction over the last, well, like 18 months or so um, into like things that, even in my first year when i hit ten thousand subscribers that was crazy to me like that was a number that i never thought i would hit and we just crossed like uh, over 400 um a couple of weeks ago and it's every day i'm shocked uh Dude, so youtube youtube has been great um a lot of work uh there's, there's been a lot of work to go into it um to get us to where we're at but uh it's been it's been great i mean you can't complain about it. it's just it's a hobby where i talk about stuff that i enjoy and then it pays for itself, so I get to buy more yeah. stuff to talk about, and it's just it's it's crazy. I just had a, a call with my accountant um, a couple of days ago just to you firm up the year end stuff, and I was uh-huh. trying to go over. I was like, "Here's all my write offs," and she's like, "You you're trying to write all this stuff off." I'm like, "No, it's I promise you, it's all these <laughs> business expenses. It's, it's the stuff of how it makes the money. Um, uh, Is just talking about this stuff, and she, I mean, she's on board now, so hopefully the IRS will also get <laughs> on board. But- oh, yeah.
0: Well, all you have to do is just send a link to your uh, video tab on YouTube and she'll get the memo. Uh, right now, I'm looking at your um, recent videos. And the first off, Thumbnail Game is through the roof incredible. And I've loved watching your journey as a thumbnail artist uh, on Twitter over the oh, last year you. or so. <laughs> and uh, kudos to you for uh, continuing to up the ante every single time. Um, even honestly, the video you posted today, uh, iPad air for, uh, one year later, I love the colors that you're doing, um, with obviously the wallpaper on the iPad and then the kind of the backgrounds that you're using. That's um, just a new wait.
1: thing. Uh, over the last week, I found these, uh, desk pads on Amazon, like actual, like, uh, gigantic mouse pads and they work oh, perfect cool. because they're wide. They're like wide. So they work yeah. perfectly for, uh, you know, a 16 by nine thumbnail. I love them. Highly and recommended.
0: And they don't uh, reflect either. Like, they don't reflect nope. light. It's a nice flat kind of
1: object. They're matte. They come in, like, a hundred different, um, like, shapes and colors and all that stuff. I bought ten of them. I just bought, like, ten more. They're all hanging <laughs> in my closet back over here. Love them.
0: That's the poor man's version of uh, the D-brand uh, placemats that MKBHC oh, got yeah, the, sent the, the to the custom. Yeah, yeah, the metallic... The, uh, the metal plates with dbrand skins on it that dbrand sent him um maybe you'll get there uh hopefully soon but this is a great way to do it i love these colors though it's awesome i I love them i'm
1: I'm blown away by them
0: but the pictures um that i'm looking at right now are mostly uh, macbook pro uh which i have here as well i'm a huge fan of the new macbook pro i'm using Uh,
1: mine this is the camera from my macbook pro that i'm using right now
0: (laughs) well yeah if it it looks like a potato uh that's why uh no i'm just kidding it's the camera's gotten better but it's still not you know it's not a camera camera you know
1: well yeah but But it's it's far better than what um they used to have and if if we start looking at uh like webcams across uh all the computers because i've got like 20 laptops in a in a closet <laughs> like right over there um, yeah they are they don't look as good as this so it's i think it's a, a pretty yes. good pretty good uh, huge
0: upgrade
1: yeah pretty big upgrade because it used to be you know we're talking about um you know COVID. it used to be oh it has a webcam monitor that's a nice to have um but anymore ever yeah. since you know in you know even my day job i've been working from home now for almost two years uh the webcam wow, and the audio is now like way more important than it was uh, just a couple of years ago so i i imagine apple uh you know they're they're leading a charge here with getting their webcams up to snuff totally. and i'm i'm sure the other companies cannot be very far behind them because these are these are big purchasing decisions now
0: i'm so game for that i think anything that you can do that adds convenience to a customer um makes the customer have more joy when they use the product because I mean, not only does it have a better web- webcam, but every time I plug in uh, into this HDMI uh, for my monitor, I'm thrilled. And every time I pop an SD card out of my camera and just stick it straight into the laptop, I just have a smile on my face. I'm just so happy that we're finally back to a uh, a computer that's usable <laughs> with right? ports and stuff.
1: I love it. I love. I I I love that the they move their pros to being a little bit thicker. Um, to add all the ports back in now i'm not i'm still using my mac mini from last year because i'm having some problems with mac os the new mac os interfacing with my raid um it's taken like long long rambling story long Um, i'm still using my m1 mini as my primary computer but i'm very excited when i guess the new version of mac os when it comes out next week will fix a lot of those problems then i can start using my macbook pro 16 again because it's ridiculously fast
0: Well, I mean, you know, if you're watching the video, I'm holding this. So, what are you using, Dave? I'm also using uh, M1 uh, Mac Mini uh, here on my table here, and I was thinking I would just make it a dedicated like Golden Hour Polar Pro computer, Um, but I don't know. It's 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 losing value by the day, and you know, I could probably make 2K. It's maxed out, so I could probably sell it for something substantial to go towards this other computer. Which is a much more reasonable and practical thing, but uh, you know, we are not practical people all the time, are we, Gary? <laughs> I don't.
1: Yep, I'm not. Uh, nope. I make a lot of videos where I'm like, "Here's what I would recommend," you know, if we were to think about our needs. But don't yeah. let me. I I think the words I use were, "Don't let, don't think of me as you know, standing on top of a soapbox lecturing you." Because I do not just look at my Twitter, I spend all sorts of dumb money that I regret. So don't uh, <laughs> don't uh, use me as an example. I guess do as I say, not as I do. Um, kind of a recommendation.
0: Now this is a question that I've, I'm sure you get asked all the time, and I'm pretty sure we brought it up in the previous episode. But I, just to re- refresh people, the the Twitter handle, the the username, Everyday Dad. Where is the dad in this? I don't other than you being a dad. What's the point of the everyday Dad for you, and what have you continued to uh, make it about? Because I know the actual story. i want to I want you to oh. rephrase it now.
1: well, so <laughs> it, it, I guess it just means me. Like originally, the everyday Dad was supposed to be the channel was supposed to focus on like i I envisioned it as like a TV show where you'd have seasons and every season I'd get into a new hobby and go through it like that. It's just, Hey, the everyday dad, that's where the whole, like, if I can figure it out, you can figure it out thing came from uh, where it was like, I was going to learn something. We were going to go through this, you know, path together. And we kind of did that where the first couple of videos were about 3d printers. Then we moved to motorcycles, then to drones um, doing that. But then it, it kind of streamlined itself where uh, it just, the everyday dad just ended up being me. And then, i'm just i i see there's been a or at least there used to be I, I haven't seen too many folks doing it now there was a big move towards you know personalizing channels using real names all that stuff i really like the the quasi anonymity of it um yeah so it's just like the everyday dad is just me people are always like yeah. where are your kids at And i'm like well he i have a, a nine-year-old he used to be in the videos every now and again <laughs> but he's getting much bigger um and so uh-huh. it's like I don't necessarily want him on the channel because, you know, he could grow up 10 years from now and be like, oh, I, I definitely did not want to do that. And it's like, buddy, it is too late. You are now on the Internet forever. <laughs> like, there is no yeah. going back. Um, so, yeah, definitely a dad. I get that question a lot. Are you even a dad? He's like, I am a dad. I probably, I'm looking at it. I, I'm pointing over here because this is his little gaming setup that we, we oh, build cool. him a PC uh, that he gets uh, next to my, like, work desk and but yeah so it it was going to be lots of hobbies but then it was like i, I kind of just have one whatever i'm interested in at a time it's always gear i've been a gearhead for as long as i can remember whatever my oh, fascination yeah. is whether it, uh, i was really big into triathlons for a couple of years uh you know all the stuff we talk about on youtube all that stuff so it's whatever gear i'm interested in at that moment is what we will talk about on the everyday dad and then it just it kind of bled into twitter where it's crazy um uh, to me, that I was able to get verified on Twitter, but I changed my name to just Gary, so it looks like I'm the only Gary on Twitter because I get the little. <laughs> That's true. Like, everybody, every other Gary on uh, Twitter is now, um, you know, co-opting my brand because I am the Gary. <laughs> I'm not a Gary on Twitter. I'm the well, Gary on Twitter. I got there's the blue a, check. A very to well-known
0: Gary V. Obviously, uh, would be another popular Gary, but he's left his whole Vaynerchuk. Uh, in the title there so yeah you are yep, the I'm Gary. Gary
1: I'm Doug Gary not a Gary like, I'm Doug Gary
0: well I remember like Casey Neistat somehow obtained at Casey which is like super cool um, if you could also get at Gary I mean that'd be Who nuts is, but is
1: there an at Gary but me
0: <laughs> I've looked up for myself I've looked up at Dave and he's like this rich uh, guy like I was like yeah there's no way Like he probably gets emails every single day
1: yeah, there, there is an at Gary, uh, but he hasn't posted in, like, over a year. Maybe I need to see if I can snag at Gary. Might, oh, I yeah, may, you're right, yeah. I may have to do that. May Google give it, Cloud. May give a shot.
0: Interesting. He's a Google employee, potentially. So that's why he got in early on Twitter.
1: Yep. Smart. Yeah, I oh, wish, I, uh... I had a Twitter account, like, right when Twitter first started. Um, mm-hmm. Like, way back in 2007, I was running, a like, a fitness blog. Uh-huh. and i had a twitter account it got up to like a thousand followers which was blew my mind we still did like follow fridays were like oh, a yeah? big thing um but then i abandoned it and then i think back to some of the people that i follow now have like hundreds of thousands of followers and it's like i uh-huh. i knew that i knew them at the time it's like what would have what would <laughs> it have been if i'd been doing the internet stuff you know from 2008 instead of 2017
0: I feel, I feel proud, and Twitter for me is the oldest one for me. I joined February 2009, and I never you know got rid of it. I did change my username from Dave Maze, which was my magic name, to my actual name, which is Dave Altizer, because I was like, I'm just going to go by my real name. And then when I became a YouTuber, I was like, people can't remember my last name. I'm going to go back to that. So I had to buy back my username from some guy who owned it and it was like a really dirty, bad account. (laughs) So it wasn't good. And so thankfully he gave it to me for 150 bucks. I thought that was a fair deal. (laughs) Nice. But, um, anyways, so obviously over the last year, if you just do a, a quick scroll on your, your video feed, it's a lot of Apple stuff. Um, you mentioned that you do basically your philosophy is just doing what you're currently interested in. Is it mostly Apple stuff? Because that is literally like all you're actually interested in, or have you seen some real success here? I mean, clearly it's been successful with the views and the subscriptions. Um, but I knew you as the micro four thirds, Panasonic G nine guy, um, and a gear reviewer when we met and it's been a really fun, uh, it's been really fun for me to watch your journey to essentially just shift over from camera stuff to now tech stuff, but they do kind of go hand in hand together. You still talk about cameras, but I don't see any, you know, Sony a seven reviews on your timeline. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no. So, uh, I don't think I've made a, a camera video since early 2020. I think I did a Fuji X-T4 video. That was the last one I ever did. Um, and yeah, so I do, I don't consider myself primarily an, an Apple channel, quote unquote. I think of myself more as a, like a computers for everybody kind of a channel. The problem is, like I said, it's the stuff that I'm interested in. Apple's the yeah. ones that are doing the interesting things right now um, in the kind of computers that, you know, I, I try to showcase and I try to, to get my hands on here. I do, uh, I'll do gaming laptops and I'll do productivity laptops. Like I'll, I'll cover the Dell XPSs. I cover a lot of stuff from, like, Asus when it comes out, Razer every now and again. Um, But it's just, like, Windows land, it's great, it's powerful, but it hasn't really changed in the Mm. last four or five years. Now, what it looks like Intel's doing with their 12th gen um, chips, I'm very excited to see that this year. But it's just Apple with their M processors has really changed the game um, for what you can expect at certain price points in power. Now, yes, if you want to build your... I've Uh, got a custom built PC that I made down here um, that I play my games on. And if I need something for comparison, I'll I'll use that because it is way more powerful than anything that I've got in Apple, but it's also a big, heavy, bulky PC. Um, So Mm -hmm. I I talk about Apple primarily because it's exciting to me. It's interesting. It helps that it gets a lot of views when it comes out. Um, But I'll, I'll continue to work with, you know, whatever I find interesting, whenever uh, sure. The new stuff with CES comes out hopefully um, here in the next couple of months. I know that there's some cool stuff coming out with Windows laptops early next year. We'll probably talk Windows stuff um, for a little bit as we wait for the the new Apple stuff to come out. But it's really whatever I can get my hands on. And it helps that um, Apple has in the past. I think I've got a very good relationship with their iPhone, their um, Mac, and their uh, I think that's it. Those are the two teams that I've had a, you know, the good opportunity to work with. So it helps Great. they send me stuff that I'm able to, to talk about. Um, yeah. And I remember I it when just we feeds into more and more stuff.
0: When we talked um, last, I believe that was right when you made that connection with Apple. And, and I think you told me after the recording, like, Hey, I got some really exciting news and um, yeah, I mean that's really cool that that's panned out to, to continue over the last year um, as they've, obviously last year was the big apple silicon uh shift and so did you see a huge boost in subscribers and views as soon as apple silicon started happening
1: yeah absolutely but the thing is and and here's what i've been trying to if if you've got creators out there um that are in like the product review space don't base your 2021 numbers off of 2020 because i did see a huge bump in 2020, but everybody saw a huge bump in 2020. I've seen a lot of folks yeah. uh, be very nervous or very concerned about their 2021 numbers being less than 2020. But 2020 was like uh, you know everybody's trapped at home, everybody's just watching YouTube. Um, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff came out. So to answer your question, yes, I saw a very big bump last year. um But I'm not sure if it's because of the Apple Silicon or because of the just. The huge wave of numbers that happened on YouTube in 2020. Um, a
0: little bit of both, maybe.
1: <laughs> probably, it's probably a good intersection, just a right place at the right time kind of a thing.
0: And um, I love just like studying YouTube. I'm really a student of it, and I'm again, I'm just like observationally looking at your your views and your thumbnails here, and um, I see obviously a, a lot of um, consistency with your design with the things, honestly, if you showed me one thumbnail and then another one, I wouldn't necessarily know that it's a different video or which one is which. You're not putting massive text on it that's like similar to the title. It's basically like, it's kind of just uh, like tech porn, if I may say so myself, (laughs) with a beautiful um, image, that entices you and wets your appetite for like amazing tech. And then the title itself tells the story. You're not actually necessarily telling the story with the thumbnail. Is there a strategy there? Is this just something that you're currently, um, finding that's working for you? Uh, am I overanalyzing all this?
1: <laughs> no, I, so my philosophy when it comes to videos is I think the title's the single most important part. Um, So your title is the single most important part of getting somebody to watch your video. Um, But because of that, your title also kind of crafts how the video is going to go, right? You Mm -hmm. don't want to clickbait somebody, but you want to entice them in. So I I consider the title the most important thing. And then the thumbnails just got to be competent. Like there's got to be a level of competence for the thumbnail to get somebody to click. So I consider relevance to be the number one, like important, like if you want to call it stat um, of mm-hmm. a video. So why should somebody click on what I'm talking about? So I try to be um, either the first on something or I'll try to take a unique spin on it that somebody else has not necessarily had. And then I have the thumbnail just look good enough because um, I, I don't like text. I don't like selling the story through the, through the thumbnail itself. I like having mm-hmm. the thumbnail be very clean. I like some texture to it. I like poppy colors i like doing screens a lot because you can really um, get vibrant saturated like display backgrounds set up to really uh make them stand out in a in a crowded field um yeah because like i said it's all about the title and the title's got to be relevant it's got to be interesting to somebody and then i see a lot of people go the other way with it where it's they think the thumbnail is the most important and then the title's kind of an afterthought like i point people What's the I forget the name of the channel? Um I can't think of it off the top of my head. But there's a lot out there that you'll see that the thumbnails, I mean, yeah, there's some folks out there that make gorgeous thumbnails. Obviously, Mr. Beast is a big, you know, he's a big but proponent it, of a the thumbnails. Niche. But exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, absolutely. If you're a product-based YouTuber, the title is the most important thing, and your thumbnail just has to get out of the way. Um, so hmm. I I wouldn't necessarily go crazy on it. Or I see a lot of people do the, the shock face thing or the, that works for some folks. Hey. Um, <laughs> that works for some folks. I just, like I said, I like really clean. Like, I like the image to be as big as possible. So if somebody's scrolling, they see, Hey, this is the the title that I'm looking for. Here's the thumbnail. It shows the product. And then it's got like some kind of a. Yeah. Snappy background. I was using my desk. Cause I liked that rustic wooden look. Um, but I'm kind of over that. Cause I was doing that for a year. Um, so it's
0: long story long <laughs> yeah.
1: the title if you can only focus I on one that. thing focus on the title
0: yeah i mean if you if you start comparing uh, all sorts of different tech reviewers even mkbhc with as recognizable as his face is there's a lot of thumbnails that he's doing where he's not even in it and it's it's that same philosophy but then you look at linus tech tips and it's shot crazy face for every picture um So I guess it's just almost like what you tailor your audience to expect in a way too. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the YouTube educators out there obviously say, you know, statistically, if there's a face in the thumbnail, blah, blah, blah. Um, I found the same thing is true with, with, with gear stuff as tech. Um, I think people just take it really seriously and they're, it's a lot of, let's just be honest, a lot of men, like they don't necessarily want to look at a another guy just acting kind of crazy on a thumbnail. Maybe
1: I don't know, and so it's just yeah, I mean, kind of like
0: this guy. Yeah, what's what's
1: up well, with this guy? I, you know, absolutely. And I, and the thing that I would take a, the thing that I would say is you got to remember that YouTube there is a YouTube algorithm, but it's not the it doesn't face the way that I see most creators think it does. The YouTube algorithm does not exist to take my video and give it to somebody it exists to have a viewer get a video given to them so Mm. there is an algorithm but it's not trained to take my stuff and bring it out it's to it's like a thousand little algorithm or a billion little algorithms that are designed for around each and every person so your algorithm when you watch youtube is different than my algorithm when i watch youtube so you got to be able to to thread that needle and i get not to uh, i actually i got frustrated on a tweet the other day about this um because i see like i said people saw big numbers in 2020 2021 has been a more challenging year because there's not as many people watching i don't know what the cause is if you look on google trends there's still about roughly the same amount of people searching for certain topics on youtube as they TikTok. have been well, They're all on tiktok could be tiktok but um, <laughs> maybe not
0: our audience but yeah
1: it's not that the product review channels are dying out. It's that there's so much competition um, Mm -hmm. that you've got to really, like I said, you got to be able to hone your craft. Um, And the big thing is, you know, you got to be able to take what you do and iterate off of it. If there's one piece of advice I'd give to somebody, it's, it's not figure out, you know, what's the best for a specific audience. It's how to take what you do and do it better each time. Um, Because Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily aim at a specific audience. When I make a video, I aim at, youtube um because even when i watch you know a youtube channel like i i found this youtube channel a couple of weeks ago really big into it i've been like binging all their stuff but eventually as a person i'm gonna get bored of that channel no matter how i could love this person like it could be my wife <laughs> i could love what she's making on her channel but i'm eventually going to get bored with it and i'm going to stop watching <laughs> so if you're creating you don't get
0: bored with your well, wife in
1: general but i, but I yeah. mean on her if she were to if she were to hypothetically make youtube videos eventually yeah. i'm sure i would get bored of watching them so when you focus on only your specific audience eventually mm. you will naturally attrit from that audience because people they could love you to death but eventually they're just going to get bored of what you're doing so i aim much more broad i aim as broad as i possibly can um and then you know continue to grow the audience while trying to you know service the folks that you know watch your stuff now but you gotta you can't only focus on them like you, you can't niche down too much that you you know cut out everybody else that could potentially watch your video
0: Well, it's clearly working because you're at, you just hit, like you said, you just hit 400,000 subscribers. Um, and I can see that like, as you say all this, I can totally see that now as I kind of analyze your channel, like I could have, I could have no idea who Everyday Dad is. One of these thumbnails is going to pop up on my home feed. I read that title, the perfect M2 MacBook Air question mark. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard rumors about that. I'm curious about that. Sure. I'll click that. I have no idea who you are. The thumbnail and title don't necessarily tell me that it's your video either. I just watch it and then boom, now I'm introduced to you and then maybe a playlist or something else is uh, recommended to me. But once I hook into, to your video from now on, YouTube will eventually like suggest more videos like, Hey, you like this one, you might like this one. And then it just automatically turns into uh, a ghost subscriber until i become a real subscriber you know but uh anyways yeah ghost subscriptions is a big thing it's like people who actually almost watch every video you make but have never subscribed it's just the home feed the home page like suggesting your videos every time and they always click on it
1: that's Um, me i I don't subscribe to very many channels but i watch a lot of youtube
0: (laughs) yeah exactly it's getting overwhelming how good the um the algorithm is at serving videos as a consumer myself. Uh, yesterday I was working and I uh, just made a coffee and I just kind of took a little coffee break. I was like, oh, I'll just go on YouTube for a minute. I saw like five things I wanted to watch. And I was like, I clicked on this and I made sure to save a watch later and another watch later. And then I opened another one up in another tab. And I was like, all five of these videos are so interesting to me. And it's, it's just nuts. And it's like, all over the map too, like the Elon Musk interview from yesterday. I don't know if you saw that with wall street journal. I really wanted to watch that. That was hilarious. Um, you know, the guy from Instagram did a, the guy who created Instagram did a podcast. I wanted to watch that. It's just, and it's like two hour long things. It's like, I don't have time for this, but I want to listen to it. Uh, it's nuts. It's a good problem to have.
1: yeah the same i mean the same thing happened to me i i don't do watch laters i just have different tabs open on my safari browser and, I, and <laughs> yeah. yesterday i had like five open because i was like no i want to see that so i click it i open it i pause it in a different tab and eventually <laughs> yeah. i'll get to but yeah you're right it's um there's a lot of stuff where i'm like no i gotta watch that and then I gotta and you want to save
0: it. You, wanna save it you want to save it because if you refresh uh it's gone it could, it could, be, could gone be gone forever yeah <laughs> could,
1: could be, be gone, gone forever,
0: forever. <laughs> um that's amazing. Um, so I, I do want to talk about your recent purchase, the Canon R three. How has that oh, been? Yeah. And I tell put it me in about the room. that's okay. So um, a lot of obviously a lot of our listeners here are photographers and filmmakers. Um, so I am very curious to hear your thoughts on the R three. In fact, I believe you're the first person I've talked to that has one. So tell me about your experience with it and your your thoughts where you came from too. I don't I, I don't remember if you were on the S five. I think Yeah,
1: so I'm normally, or I've been a uh, primarily a Lumix user my entire time on YouTube. Um, I started in 2017 with a well, so I started in 2017 with like an iPhone. Then I used my wife's Nikon D5100, some ancient DSLR that didn't have autofocus. I didn't know how to use it. <laughs> eventually got a, eventually got a Lumix G7. Moved from the G7 to the G9, which I broke uh, with a butter knife. Uh, went from the G9 to a GH5. <laughs> in there i use some Sony cameras too um you know i'm famously an indecisive camera purchaser uh, nobody <laughs> sets out to be the crazy camera guy on you know youtube or twitter but sometimes you just end up being that way and then the last couple of years <laughs> i've been primarily lumix either the gh5 or the s5s um, but very recently like in the last couple of weeks i decided you know l mount's not doing it for me um I felt I felt like, and I love the, the thing that's frustrating with me about Lumix. And yes, I'll, I'll you know, I know you asked me about Canon. And the thing that's frustrating is they no, got it's fine. fantastic bodies. I love the Lumix S5. I love the S1H. The colors are beautiful. They're great to use, but there's yeah. no there's no ecosystem. So yeah. like, if I look at the E-mount, I can buy a lens on the E-mount. I can use it on a photography camera, a legit cinema camera. I can use it on so many places. But if I buy an L-mount lens. You know, I, I got my L mount shelf right here. I can't I can't use it on anything. I can only use it on the S5 or the S1H. So, <laughs> I just yeah. in the last couple of weeks, I decided that's it. I'm going Canon. Um, so I've you know I purchased the R3. I've got an R5, and I've got a C70 coming here um, in a couple all of days. Right. So um, that's
0: what I'm rocking right now. Oh, I I'm ex- love the C70. I'm dude. so
1: excited. Uh, it's been so. There's some things that I don't love about Canon, but i thought about sony but every time i buy a sony camera i get frustrated because my cameras live plugged into monitors and sony mm-hmm. alpha cameras do this thing where you plug it into a monitor with the information on it, and it it's not a crop but it, it has these big bars on the side so it like yeah it, it drives me absolutely nuts <laughs> um so i decided on it? canon go
0: Does ahead the a7s3 do uh still do that
1: yep because I oh my gosh. the last year I was going to move to the A7S 3 They all do it. The only ones that don't do it are the FX6 and the FX9, or I assume the FS7 and FS5 in the same way. I've never yeah, used,
0: but those, not the but not the FX3 because that's just an A7S with the EVF chopped off. They just I was, happen to call it a cinema camera.
1: I was so I was so excited for the FX3 because I thought because it was an FX3 it would have the different HDMI monitoring and it doesn't. <laughs> it does the same thing A7S 3 does and it drives it. I don't know what it is. I have some mental block because I know on paper. Yeah. Sony is what I should be using because it, it ticks all my boxes, but it dri- they drive yeah. me crazy to it's use. Okay. So I decided I was going to go I'm Canon. i Canon, yeah.
0: Because
1: their lenses are just so, like the 24-105, to and- I love. The 35 uh, RF-18 is probably my favorite lens ever made. Um, but I've been scared off the last couple of years with the whole R6, R5 and the heating situation. Um, yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to do it. But then I saw the R3 came out. Um, that does not have a recording limit does not have overheating and i yeah. was I, I called a camera store a local camera store was well, two and a half hour drive so i don't know how local it is but um <laughs> i called him up i was like hey do you guys have any a7s3s and and he was like no i'm not gonna get an a7s3 until like january i was like oh that sucks do you have an r3 just out it was the day the r3 came out and i was like do you have an r3 he's like yeah we had three come in we sold two of them um but we got one do you want it i was like i'll i'm on the way so i, I just happened <laughs> wow. in one um but i really i like it a lot actually um cuz it's i never used a 1dx or I, I when i was still bar doing camera stuff bnh photo let me borrow a 1dx mark III. it's too big i don't like EF glass all that much i i like rf i like mirrorless um, too, more, yeah. more than i like um slr stuff so i didn't like the 1dx and this was before the M1 Max came out. So trying to shoot the H.265 on the 1DX3 caused my computer to like grind to a halt, which sucked. Um, But now I think it's an amazing size because it's just big enough to not be too small as like sometimes mirrorless bodies are. But it's not overly big like a cinema camera can be at times. Um, The C-Log3 has been great. I've just been using um, the VariCam LUTs. I use the VariCam LUTs on basically everything ever. Um, um, so I use those with the, the C-Log3 that I'm shooting in and it's just been, the autofocus has been great. It has the best pass-through audio that I've ever seen on a camera. Um, all I do is, and I've used pass-through audio for years now, but sometimes you got to like finagle it or like when I was using it with Fuji cameras, when I was using the X-T4 for a couple of weeks, I couldn't do pass-through. I just have to record audio and then the video separately. Cause I like using XLR microphones, um, And it's not that hard to... When you say pass-through, what do you mean by that? Like, take the recorder, plug the XLR into the recorder, plug, like, Mm -hmm. the 35 millimeter from the recorder into the camera, and just... From the headphone
0: jack or something?
1: Yeah, it's got, like, a 35 audio out. I use the Zoom F6. Um, Cool. So it does all that. So it's like the camera's recording audio internally without me Mm -hmm. needing to sync it in post. Um, And it sounds so good. Like I was using the awesome. Lumix S5 with the DMW XLR one sounded fine, but this is, it's incredible. I love the R3. Um, it's, it's been one of my favorite cameras I've ever used. And you can tell that because uh, I am an indecisive camera person. And the other times I've said, I'm switching, I would have gotten rid of it by now, but it's been almost <laughs> two solid weeks and sure. I keep using it every day. I love it. And the R5 has Aren't been amazing they, too.
0: Are they doing a XLR thing? on it like the panasonics i think i saw tascam doing i saw the something. tascam
1: was making one but it's going to need double a batteries which is what pretty lame is this yeah 1995 right? what the heck that's at least that's <laughs> what i saw when i was searching for it, but i really like no, the setup right now and then obviously i'm getting the c70 which will have the xlr yeah. input
0: well mini it's annoying to have the mini sometimes but just get a little dongle um yeah so i've been rocking the c70 for a year now um and as my workhorse when I transitioned to being, um, you know, behind the camera this this past year, and man, it's been a workhorse. I've used it almost every single day. Unfortunately, I did have to go the EF route with it because it's the only camera I have, and I really wanted to use that turbo booster. Um, so that's what I'm using right now. I'm using the 16 to 35 2.8 version three with okay. the uh, turbo adapter, so you know I can go super wide if I want. Nice. Oh, I got a I got a CRT right here. This is oh a, nice. This is a PVM that I got recently. Uh, do you know about these?
1: I I know about CRT TVs. I just had to try to explain one to my nine year old. Um, actually, just a couple <laughs> of weeks ago, we were in a micro center, and he was like, "What is that?" I was like, this "Buddy, is... that's what we used to use."
0: So all the retro gamers love these because they were these were literally the like professional video monitors of the day so these used to cost you know five grand for one of these because they're highly color accurate and the brightness is really sharp and and beautiful but now they're ancient history but because of uh, retro gaming people have become really uh you know they've been swiping them but there's some guy in nashville that didn't know what he had on his hands and was like an old video editor and on Facebook Marketplace, put it up for like two hundred dollars, and I snagged it. These things are going for nice. like at least five hundred on eBay. So, I'm thrilled to get it. Um, I'll, I'm hooking up my PS One.
1: You have a PS One? I'm right jealous of. Oh, I'm so jealous of that. Yeah. I keep yeah, a PS Three around um, just because it has backwards backwards compatibility with PS One games.
0: Oh, you got the thick the thick one with the Spider Man font on it.
1: Yep. <laughs> I keep it around solely so I, because I've got like five or six PS1 games that I'm a big, I always play.
0: That's great. Yeah, ever since um, this last year, I've just gotten into gaming. I got a Nintendo Switch uh, OLED, which I've really loved. And uh, I'm
1: actually funny story. So that's what we're getting my son for Christmas, and it's it's <laughs> oh, still in love its box. It. This is Ooh. the box that Nintendo shipped it in. So <laughs> Look it's... at us,
0: we're just like pulling boxes right, out of right? thin air uh, behind camera. I'm
1: using I'm using the Switch OLED that I was able to find. Uh, I didn't pay a scalper. I actually uh, I followed the guy on Twitter that does all the the alerts. I got it directly the from Nintendo.
0: Wario 64 or whatever?
1: No, uh Matt something. I I can't remember That's his name, good. but um is it white I mean, is or
0: red and red and blue?
1: I think it's the regular black one uh, or the red and the blue one. It's yeah, not the white blue. one. But yeah, the red I'm blue the is box. usually
0: more um, pop. It's easier to snag that one. But I was I was trying to get the white one, but who cares? You know,
1: it, people get but so obsessed about colors. But it's my mic stand. Right now, <laughs> it's
0: legit. But speaking of colors, I went silver with mine. Did you get space gray or silver?
1: No, I went space gray. Um okay. my I'm a
0: fan 14. of the silver. I like it. My I like the fact that like the fact that my mag safe and my computer match
1: <laughs> oh nice i don't use i just have like a i have the owc the thunder bay flex 8 which is like their big okay yeah. like a raid combined with a dongle so i just so use a MagSafe. nope i just use the thunderbolt 4 and then yeah, it yeah, does yeah. everything
0: <clears throat> so again i'm sorry we're totally derailing here on the r3 i really oh, am yeah. curious um How's been, how's the autofocus been? How's the, you know, just the overall use of it. And obviously a lot of people are going to say, Gary, this camera is like a photography camera. It's like, you know, there's a lot of features you're not using, but explain to me why, I I mean, I would choose that as well. Honestly, um, kind of explain why you would choose essentially a, a photography flagship as a video camera over the R5. Well,
1: I have both, um, but I chose it to be the primary camera just because the it has no record limit. Record limits drive me crazy. Like they drive me absolutely up the wall. Um, <laughs> the thing that I don't, the reason, one of the, my main reasons from switching is the S5 has a record limit when you're recording 4k 10 bit. Um, and it's like, I'm not, I'm done with that. So it is, <laughs> I'm absolutely not using um, like 80% of what the camera can do. Cause I'm using it as a, a studio video camera and not as a sports photography camera but it's, I like, I like cameras. I'm kind of a, a, I like gadgets. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I think when you get that C7, when you get that C70, you're going to
0: be spoiled. I think you might, you might switch over to that. It's so great to have the built-in NDs and just, you know, having a real video camera is awesome.
1: I'm excited for the, the problem's going to be, I like 35 millimeters for my YouTube, like main shot. And I love the 35 thirty-five one-eight RF. The Canon, like I said, it's my favorite lens. Canons ever ever come up with, and it's going to be hard because I don't want fifty. I don't want the the crop from the the C seventy. So I did get the uh, the twenty-four millimeter Canon two-point-eight. That little pancake. That'll probably uh-huh. be yeah, my C seventy lens. Um, but it yeah, breaks that's my heart.
0: Your thirty-five. Yeah. Is it
1: twenty-four? Yep. The, the two-point-eight.
0: Oh, the STM one
1: it's like that big yep do you have an adapter i do from okay, when i yeah. bought the the original canon R, like eight separate times over the course <laughs> of uh, six months
0: um did i sell you one of mine or i don't remember no i don't think so i saw i sold mine on twitter to somebody but i don't think it was you but you might have messaged me about it
1: I yeah I, I it's like i said you don't set out to be the, cra- the crazy camera person but uh sometimes you turn <laughs> into them
0: So, uh, one other thing that has changed for me over the last year is I have converted to the 30P Club, Gary. Welcome with you.
1: We we welcome you.
0: (laughs) So, um, the reason for it is the content that I've been doing has been courses and just like it's just stuff that. Kind of, uh, the demographic is ninety percent women, and they're like middle age women buying this product. And I was shooting a lot outside and moving around a lot, handheld footage, and twenty four p just looked way too choppy. It was just way overkill. And I experimented with sixty, and it just looked a little too much. Too. J- too I don't like sixty. Jelloy. It looks, it just looks wrong for some reason. But when I went to 30, everything just felt so right. I lost that choppiness of when I was when I was going handheld. Nothing felt choppy. And then I just my eyes just adjusted to it and now anytime I see something shot at 24, I'm like, "Why? This is this looks so choppy."
1: No, hey, uh, so I originally shot in 30 cuz if you're on YouTube, here's the secret. Nobody cares literally <laughs> nobody cares the only people that care about the frame rate you shoot in are uh like filmmaking snobs and guess what they're yeah. a very big minority of people that watch youtube <laughs> so i originally shot in 30 frames per second just because nobody cared and i liked being a successful you know camera channel that shot in 30 frames per second just because it was because. a fun meme yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but now it's i just do it cuz i do it another reason i won't switch to sony is this new sony bodies they don't do h.265 in 30 frames per second. They'll do oh, 24 really? and they'll do 60, but they won't do it in 30. So I do everything <laughs> in h.265 now cuz the files are half the mm-hmm. size and they and play perfectly so fine on yeah, they on play silicon. perfectly fine on all the uh, Apple computers. So it of course I will spend half the money on storage um <laughs> to use that. So I that's one of the things I've been loving about the Canon cameras is that yeah. uh the HEVC files have been very nice to work with.
0: Yeah, you'll find the C70. That's that's what I use. It's a 10-bit 422 HEVC, which is awesome. It's like, it, it and people are like, oh, shoot long gop. That's the best one. I'm like, why? It, because it's four times bigger? Like
1: Yeah, it's like I don't want to carry around 512 SD cards. I like, <laughs> like a whole YouTube video of mine it used to be like 100 gigabytes for mm-hmm. all of the, you know, the main shot, all the B-roll. And now it's, it's like 20 like, it's, it's a substantial reduction.
0: It's one thing if you're delivering to produce something on television or, like, in film production. But YouTube itself is always going to compress it to an, uh, uh, an impact like, file. So, like, why? Are you, it's so dumb. It's like, you're never going to see the difference because it's always compressed on the Internet.
1: I'm all so. about, uh, like, workflow and workflow friction reduction. Uh, mm. so yeah absolutely 100 i will take <laughs> a reduction in storage sizes because i keep everything and so having it be as small as possible is a big help
0: so what are you going to do with your panasonic cameras have you sold them or are, you, are you keeping them around
1: i sold a couple um but i'm going to keep one s5 and then i'm going to keep my my old trusty here my gh5 um this guy <laughs> number five right this was <laughs> I think this originally was number six, but I purchased okay. this one in 20, I purchased this one in 2018 and I basically built my YouTube channel with this camera and it, yeah, I love, I'll always keep it just because, you know, sentimental reasons, but I'll keep this, I'll keep one of the S5s just because I still think Lumix um, are some of the best cameras for usability um, and I don't really use autofocus all that much. So um, I use them, I use them a lot.
0: I still have this boy. The Olympus Absolutely. EM-1 as uh, a Mark III. Um, this is with the Polar Pro cap on oh, there. Oh, nice. And the, yeah, these are really cool little... Do you have these, Defenders?
1: I don't. I just yeah. have the regular. I, I didn't even have a so. lens on this.
0: But uh, yeah, I mean, I loved the Olympus when I was using it. Um, I'm probably going to start using it again just because the autofocus actually works. But what what was it about the Olympus that you didn't like? I, I feel like I've never, you and I have I
1: used... talked about it. I used the what? What was the big one that looked like the R three? Um,
0: the M one X.
1: Yes, I used that one time for a couple of days, and then I just never. I don't know why. I I I don't know. I just never liked the menu system on that one, <laughs> and so I sent it back. I think I made one video about it, and it was just not for me. Um, but I don't like. I said I don't really use autofocus, so the Lumix cameras have been perfectly perfectly fine um, for what my is needs. Your
0: work- I'm curious, what's your workflow then if you don't need autofocus as a
1: YouTuber? Well, I just, you know, I have my studio shot and I just have the camera set at one, at, you know, the same spot. And there's a setting sure. you can, uh, there's a setting in the Lumix cameras where it'll keep the focus in one spot. So I just mm-hmm. turn on the camera and I hit record and I sit down and I start talking about whatever I'm going to talk about. Uh, so makes it wait, very so easy. Is,
0: hold on. So you can set it, you can set it and just like hit a button, like save this. And because it's a, a focused by wire lens, it just saves that distance. And when you turn on the camera, it's just locked there. You don't have to touch it.
1: Yep. You know, I never focus. Um, it's just, <laughs> I turn it on. It's immediately focused where I need it to be. Uh, I forget the name of the setting in here. I found that from uh, Patrick Tommaso. He showed that to me. Um, that is awesome. And yeah, so I just turn it on. And I hit record. So Why? Uh,
0: That's, that's like literally you. a software feature. Any company could add that to any camera. Why don't they? Black do that?
1: magic. That's a black magic cameras do it. That's why I was using a black magic pocket 4K for a while, specifically oh, yeah. because of that. Because um, it, it doesn't move the phone. Fo- you turn the camera off. You turn the camera on. The focus is the exact same. Um, but I a guess lot if of the other companies don't do that. Manual,
0: if you had an all manual lens too, I guess you could do that. But there's you know chance you could accidentally knock it or whatever. And then there are times where you you do need to change it while you're sitting over there and you use an iPad or something right to use the little thing I know you used, nope. to. You used to I use used to,
1: but, but like I said, it's, I'm, I'm all about workflow, smoothing out and reducing <laughs> friction. And that used to take me a couple of minutes um to pair it and then pair it to my iPad. And then that, yeah. so no, I keep it one shot. Um, even with the S five, I, you know, I don't shoot in like F one point eight on a full frame. I'm like F four sure f4 is basically what i do everything in so if i'm in front of the camera i know where the focus is going to be so i just set it ahead of time and then nice. that's where it's going to be forever um, but now it it has been nice having a canon camera where i just <laughs> turn it on and the autofocus works so now i now i shoot in 2.8 on the uh the canon cameras it has been and it this, has been uh, nice
0: this face only thing is nuts too like i can always i I know that it's not going to just like lock onto my microphone here because it's looking for my face. And that's why every time I hold something up it. well, I mean, unless I cover my face, you know, if I hold this up over here, it's not going to focus on it because it's staying on my face or whatever, which is
1: really nice on the C70. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. It should get here tomorrow. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm ooh. pretty excited about it.
0: Awesome. We will hear about it on Twitter.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you will.
0: Um, I notice on your YouTube page you only link your Twitter, uh, not your Instagram. Have you completely, like, given up on Instagram? Do you use it at all?
1: Well, I never. I had an Instagram, but I never really took it seriously. Um, I do have one now. Or? I haven't okay. deleted it, but I never really posted to it. It was never something that I um, did much of. Um, but I have just in the last uh, couple of weeks, I've I had a channel where I talked, or it used to be a series on my channel called "Reviewing the Cheapest." Yeah. Where I would talk about cheap stuff. Um, I haven't had the time to do that. However, um, I, I started thinking about all these like short videos and all the vertical video stuff that's going on. So I started yeah. it back up where now I have an Instagram for it, uh, a TikTok, and a YouTube shorts channel. Um, Cause you could just make the one piece of content, and then you can put it out on all three platforms. So I have an Instagram now, but it only, how many followers do I now have? I have 30 followers. Oh, 31 followers. I'm sorry. Somebody just followed me a a few minutes ago. (laughs) That's awesome. We'll we'll link link it in the show notes. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not publicizing it yet. I want to see. So these, the, the, the vertical video stuff, I'm giving it 30 days to bake on its own just to see like how it is to try to grow something totally organically um, in 2021. So right now I've been doing it for a week. I've got 6 posts on Instagram with 31 followers. On the YouTube Shorts channel, it's kind of cheating because it was a, a pre-existing channel with 2000 subscribers. It's okay. gained about it's gained about 30 followers. And then the TikTok has been wild. The TikTok is only a couple days old and it's got it decided to not work right there. And it's got 6200 followers and 40,000 likes. That happened in 6 days.
0: So I have a TikTok channel that I'm starting in January I'm really excited about Uh, it's a gaming it's a retro gaming thing and a gaming thing Um, there's way too many users and not enough creators still like the the balance is off so if you're a creator and you're not on TikTok try something like try something that you know will work it it, obviously short form stuff uh, is is the you you know doing a 20 minute review isn't going to work there Uh, It's a different type of content, different kind of storytelling. But if you can figure it out and you think you can, you can make it work. um, Get on there. I mean, there's so many people.
1: It's been a lot of fun on TikTok, and it's like I said, I've only done it for seven days now, and I got one video that has over two hundred thousand views, and that's where all these followers are coming from. Like, what yesterday I woke up to forty followers. And I went to bed with like five thousand because just that <laughs> one video. Um, but it's I'm I'm still not you know I'm trying to figure out the the monetization strategy and and all that stuff because obviously YouTube has a when you make the regular YouTube videos not the yeah. shorts there's a you know AdSense all that stuff. Um, so I'm working on figuring out um, the monetization strategy um, on TikTok. Theory, but it's been it's been incredible.
0: There are people making a killing on TikTok, but. They're people with, yeah, you know, like millions of followers and uh, sponsors are are paying for ads, you know, on the channel. Uh,
1: TikTok- I don't know. I, so the whole reason I started this, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I got, I, no, I no, got excited. Uh, so I read a, a, was it a Verge article or a, it might be up on this computer. So there's a, 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 a TikToker that does Excel stuff and she calls herself Miss Excel. I read this on the Verge um, where she's been doing it. Um, for about a year now and she makes like uh, she just had her first six figure day um, a couple of weeks ago and she sells an Excel course. Um, Excel girl TikTok. Miss Excel. Okay. Where did Zoom go? And it's literally
0: just about Microsoft Excel.
1: That's all it is. Um, So I think if you have a product you can sell uh, because the the volume of views you can get on TikTok it it could be very big thing.
0: So Wait, okay. So you're saying she made money selling the course.
1: Yeah. That's all she does. She sells, yeah, yeah. she makes, she makes I've only, like I said, it's, it's been a week that I've been dabbling in brilliant. TikTok, but brilliant, um, brilliant, her brilliant. story. So I think I agree with you. I think there's so, there's a lot of views out there to be had cause it's a very popular platform. Um, and because of the way it works, you know, it's all short form and people, you know, just keep scrolling through it. Um, it's been wild. I know, it's
0: addictive. Yeah. It's dangerous for kids, I feel like, because it is so addictive. Uh, But
1: But I love, I got to tell you, I love making the short form content. When I make a YouTube video, sometimes I feel like, okay, I got to make this script. It's got to be, you know, 2,200 words, because that's about how long it takes me to read 11 minutes worth of content. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like you're stretching it, whereas you got a minute or 30 seconds, and you got to, like, cut that content to the bone. And it's a lot of fun, because... You, you know, there's only so much you can do in a minute. Um, and I, I've, it's, it's been a week, but uh, it's been a, it's been a blast so far.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, for me, the, those music video parodies um, didn't do as well on YouTube, but then I put them on TikTok and they blew up on TikTok and it would, cause that was really the right uh, format for it, you know? And um, so anyways, but yeah, I mean, your, your, your monetization strategy has to be a little bit different. So, and that just comes with experience. So Absolutely. yeah, we'll be following. I mean, we won't be following because you don't want us to know we want it to be organic, but I will be curious to follow it whenever you decide to announce what it's called.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm very excited. I think the I'm, I expected TikTok to do, you know, numbers because everybody I see that goes on TikTok gets numbers, but I'm surprised that, you know, I have videos on YouTube that get this many views Um, but they don't, it doesn't translate to that many followers. Like, I feel like there's a a follower, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like environment, like you're, you know, it's more, uh, people follow more people on TikTok. So it's been like, it's the algorithm,
0: right? Like if I see somebody that I really like on TikTok, it, I have no, I have no idea who they are. The algorithm just served it to me. The way that the whole app works is it the for you page. So I may never see that person ever again. So if it's somebody that I really loved, it's like, I'm going to give them a follow because I want to make sure that I see their content, you know? And like I said earlier, it's the creator to user base is way out of whack. There's so many users who are literally just consumers that need content and there's not enough creators still. So anything that you like... Even now, which a lot of people are like, is it too late to get on TikTok? No way, dude. This is still the beginning of it. So um and the metrics between YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels and TikTok, like I know YouTube is big, but like you these companies are scared of TikTok. Like it's really I've heard the numbers are like nuts. Like I think on average now, people are watching fifty minutes on TikTok on a normal session wow. a day. Whereas YouTube like the YouTube website, on average, you're getting about 20 24 minutes a day, so that means short form videos are causing higher retention on the app than YouTube, which has longer form videos. It doesn't make any sense, but it does because it's so addictive to just like one after the other, one after the other.
1: And it's fun to make videos on TikTok, like I do. I, I release my the, these videos on all three, like Instagram Reels uh TikTok well. and youtube shorts exactly why not
0: it's all the same yeah
1: youtube shorts is the most frustrating to use and i've seen the least <laughs> amount of success on it which is weird because you would think that after five years of doing youtube i could figure out how to make a youtube video um yeah. but the youtube shorts has been singly the most frustrating um part of this whole experience whereas instagram is like the thing that i've never understood so i treat that as like <laughs> a black box yeah i just <laughs> i upload it there whatever happens happens um but tiktok has blown me away with a uh, just how crazy it's been. I've
0: got it on lock for sure. Um, cool. So I had a couple of questions, uh, on Twitter and then we'll, we'll close it up if that's okay. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I know that your bedtime is like right now, but I really appreciate your time. My,
1: my bedtime was an hour ago. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll finish this up. Um, in that case, uh, The one question that I'll ask you is a question that I had as well. Um, And it comes from Greg Tardif, um, who asks, are you considering going full-time as a creator? You mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast that you still have a day job um, and you're doing it from home. I would imagine that helps um, to have it (laughs) like a work-from-home job now in addition to the YouTube thing. Uh, As long as I've known you, you've you've done a full-time job I personally am um, transitioning next year to freelance from my full-time position that I've been in this year um, because I had a really hard time figuring out how to balance being a husband, a father of a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a full-time job and doing uh, Dave May's YouTube channel, which is why I've basically been on hiatus for the last year. Um, But going freelance allows me to kind of take jobs as they come and go and then do YouTube more full-time. Um, I'm just so impressed that you've been able to balance both in addition to being an actual father and husband as well. So the question is still there though. Like, do you ever can think that you'll quit that job or do you still enjoy the process of both?
1: So it's been hard. Um, working from home has been great, but the problem is because we're working from home, you're always at home. I basically work now from like six o'clock in the morning to like nine ten o'clock at night so it's like there I feel like there's there used to be a a definite difference between you know I work Mm -hmm. I come home see the family do YouTube stuff at night but now it's just like I'll work all the time um and so it's it's been it's been a little um more of a struggle this year than it or the last couple years now um than it has been in years past Uh, so would I ever do creation full-time I don't know I did actually um, so I have very uh, strongly considered um, submitting a resignation for my job now. Um, I love what I do um, an awful lot. It's been incredible to, you know, I'm a, a, a project manager in a software development company. It's been fantastic. Um, but uh, I'm, they want me to move here in the next year. I don't want to move. My son, you know, is loving his school. We love where we're at. Uh, so I have considered putting in a resignation. Would that then translate into me, you know, not getting another job? Probably not. Um, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on uh, what's going on because you're you're catching me right now at like peak holiday season, which means yeah. the most views, the most uh, you know, ad revenue, all that stuff. So right now I'm like, oh. Pff- of course who couldn't do this every month uh, but you asked me in february march at the end at the, the bottom of the dip from the the end of the year i'd probably have a sure. different answer for you so uh will i continue doing my current full-time job forever probably not would i <laughs> do full-time creation probably not um it's too there's just too much it's the peaks and the valleys i like keeping it as a hobby that means there's less stress there's less like Oh goodness this video's got to, you know, do well or you know the, you know,
0: yeah, could have
1: problems with mortgage or something like that. So I like having fun with it. It, you know, becomes an extra income where I get to buy whatever toy I want and then most of the times I can write it <laughs> off because it's part of a video. Uh, but, you know, then you got your your separate thing where you got your professional day job where um, you know, that's the security and the, the financial stability a little bit. So uh, I did not yeah. give you an answer. The uh, the answer <laughs> no, is okay. it, the, it depends. Depen- it, the, it depends. We'll the see. question, when the, when the question comes up and I have to make a decision, it depends on, I guess, how the numbers are doing at the time, um, sure. how, how we end up making that call.
0: And I'm curious, I mean, where in that six to 6am 6 to 9pm, do you get to like stop and rest and be with, with your family? Do you, do you take the weekends off? Do you try to balance that? Cause I think a lot of creative struggle, myself included with that work life balance.
1: I take Saturdays off Saturday is the one day I take wholly off um, from everything. And That's it's actually harder than you might think to take a day off when you're used to going all the time. Um, Cause there'll be a lot of times where I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I could get this. Like I could get my script done for tomorrow. It'd be really nice. I'd be ahead. Um, but no, yeah. Saturday is the one day that I just wholly take off and I'm with the family. And then, like I said, my son has his gaming rig down here. So he and I hang out a lot during the day. Um, because cool. we're all at home. I, I walk upstairs. I see my wife all the time. That's been the good part about working from home is, you know, normally in a normal day, I would have been able to spend like 30 minutes to an hour with the family, um, you know, between the commute from work back, you know, eating dinner, hanging out for a little bit, then doing YouTube stuff. Maybe we get 30 minutes to an hour a day. Now we get so much more Um, because I'm home so that has been nice even though it's you know I feel like it's burning the candle at both ends um, for work at the same time
0: well I I don't think you're the everyday dad I think you're the exceptional dad Gary thank you so much for being on the show again Uh, everybody can follow Gary on Twitter and he is a tweet boy that is for sure the uh, Gary the the Gary. Gary everyday dad Uh, Gary, thank you again for being on the show today. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it.